0: This is Chris Reynolds and welcome to the Entrepreneur House podcast. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs creating events and retreats all over the world. If you're ready to take your business to the next level with other successful entrepreneurs, be sure to apply at theentrepreneurhouse.com. And now, on to today's episode. Today, listeners, we have Scott England on the show. Scott's main project these days is Moto Mission, but this man's story is way too interesting to just talk about one of his businesses. After working building successful markets for a large financial company and the global crisis of 2009, Scott decided to leave it all behind and take himself and his family to Peru to focus on his passion of serving others. In 2009, him, his wife, and his two young daughters moved to Peru to do charity work. While he was there, the entrepreneur in him couldn't stop thinking of ways to build a business that gave 100% of their money to charity. Fast forward to today, Scott has built multiple businesses in Peru that give all their money to a charity that Scott and his family work with one-on-one. Today we're going to chat about what it took for Scott to leave his home, his successful career and family behind to fulfill a bigger dream of being a serial non-profit entrepreneur in a country that he had never been to before. And with that, let me welcome Scott England to the show. How you doing, Scott? Good,
1: Chris. Thanks for having me on.
0: And you're calling in from Cusco, Peru today, is that correct?
1: Yeah, I'm sitting in my office here in, uh, in the middle of the Andes of uh, South America.
0: Very cool. Scott. We just want to dive into your story, but first, real quick, uh, for the listeners, Scott and I met when I was living down in Cusco, and I was working actually on another charity project back in the day in 2012, and Scott was the only like-minded person that I found in Cusco because... Because there's not a lot of world travel. Well, there's a lot of world travelers, travelers in Cusco, but not a lot of entrepreneurial world travelers. And uh, so, him and I would have some good conversations back and forth, and became pretty good friends. But Scott, let's start back. I've heard numerous stories about you and your life and your family, and am absolutely blown away by them. And let's start back with you back in Idaho, back in the day when you were building a successful career. And then we'll come into where you are today. But let's let's tell the audience about where you come from and how everything got started.
1: Yeah. So, um, went to college. Finished up college in uh, in Idaho. And uh, right out of college, I started a career in the uh, financial business and investments and life insurance and and so forth. And I I worked in that for quite a number of years, and uh, it was a successful career path and uh it was kind of what what a lot of college students aspire to do and and um i thought i did pretty well at it and enjoyed it and uh did did that for i think i think i was about 11 12 years maybe even 13 years of um of corporate life and um lots of things had kind of happened throughout the course of that but uh it all boiled out what it all boiled down to was um uh, I parted ways with that, with that company and, uh, kind of decided that we were going to try something totally new, totally out, out, uh, out in the open and just, just given a, uh, just, just doing something crazy. And, um, shortly there, shortly after we, uh, we had finished up with, uh, with that company, um, we found ourselves in Arequipa, Peru, um, uh, brought my family down to uh, to Peru to do to do charity work. I kind of felt like I had I had done enough corporate didn't really want to jump back into that and uh, and continue that that path and um, it I didn't see it as a long- term solution or something that I wanted to do for the rest of my life or till I retired and so uh, so that really uh, kind of pushed my my I guess my my focus into an area where i don't know i just felt like my my parents when when, when i was brought up my parents had kind of i don't know instilled some values in me about uh about serving others and uh, that's that's one of the things i love to do and i probably get more thrill out of that than than anything and uh, what better way to do it than pick up my family and move to a foreign country and and just serve and so we ended up in in Arequipa, peru working on a on a big project down there uh, did that for about a year and a half, and uh, through that process, uh, that's when uh, that's when my entrepreneurial bug just started started I don't know started working its way throughout my body, and I <laughs> I started coming up with some ideas. And um, as I was as as we were in Peru, uh, our, our equipa, I look out and, and just. Just gaze over the, the crazy mountains, and uh, I'm a dirt bike rider. It's one of my favorite things in the world to do. And uh, the idea came up. Thought, man, there's got to be a way to to ride dirt bikes, and uh, do that as a as a as a mission, as a charity. Uh, there's got to be a way. And so I started processing uh, this this idea. And uh, we were in Arequipa for about a year and a half while this idea was brewing. And uh, eventually, we moved to Cusco, and uh, that's where we started our first social enterprise. And that's where I met Chris, uh, the, a little place called the Meeting Place Cafe. And it was a little uh, little restaurant downtown Cusco, and the uh, the whole idea was that uh, we could run a run a business on a platform where we give 100% of the profits away, volunteer based, volunteer operated. So all of our staff, except for the the the, the kitchen staff. Uh, were volunteers. They were people that came down to to help us out. They were there because they wanted to be there, not because they needed the the income or or needed a job. And that just created a really cool environment and uh, a really cool vibe there at the at the cafe. And we were kind of a little a little spot for uh, I don't know. I I'd, I'd like to call it. I kind of like to call it a the little America. <laughs> uh, somebody wanted to come in and get a waffle or a good coffee. Uh, they could do that in the midst of a of a a international city where it was really hard to find a good American style, uh, restaurant. That was
0: us. Very cool. So we breezed over quickly about your transition from going to corporate worker and to making that decision to move to Peru. But I know that wasn't an easy decision from conversations that we had. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to talk a little bit more about that transition, Scott, if you don't mind. Okay. And yeah. tell tell the listeners exactly what you were doing in the financial planning industry. And then that actual, you know, some of the things that came up for you and, and how long it took that transition for you to decide, okay, I'm going to uproot my family. Um, and, and it's not for me, that's an easy decision because I'm a world traveler and I'm I don't have a family but for you you know you're and you lived around your parents and your cousins and uncles and everything but you decided to take your wife and your two young daughters and to move them to the south side (laughs) of the planet right and there's a bit of resistance with your family going on there and um, so if if we could dig into that a little bit more yeah okay so yeah i was in
1: i was in the the uh, my my job title i was a regional director of agencies for a uh, life insurance company uh, in the Pacific Northwest, and um, I had kind of moved up the ranks corporately, and uh, had found myself in that position. It was a it was a it was a great place to be at my age and my experience, and uh, felt like I, I, I felt like I had a good a good career opportunity to continue to move uh, up um, what we what we generally aspire to do in corporate life. And, uh, as, as I had kind of worked year after year doing that, I would kind of gotten to a point where, I, I don't know if moving up was necessarily what I aspired to do any longer. And instead of moving up, I decided to move out and become an independent contractor, but doing the exact same job that I was doing as an employee and, um, Anyway so I, I I made that transition so I became I, I was an employee as a regional director and then I became a uh, outside regional director an independent contractor uh, moved my move my office or actually I ended up having two offices one one at the corporate headquarters I'd rented space from them and then had an office in my house as well and um, I did that for a while and um, it was it was good financially. Uh, left a little bit of um, it put me out to where I wasn't as connected inside the inner workings of the company Um, to make a long story short I still don't even understand all the everything that happened I don't know if I ever will but uh, when it all boiled down to it was uh, we had a we had a conflict and uh, contracts were cancelled and I basically was kind of forced to make a decision on on what to do in my life, and so I was I was no longer affiliated with that company. Um, I had other affiliations with other companies as well uh, during that time, which which allowed me to to kind of have a something to fall back on to. But it wasn't it wasn't very well established. I didn't have thirteen years of of establishment, so kind of had to start over. And uh, during that whole process of starting over, I kind of just just had this, this, this feeling of, I don't know if I really want to start this over. Why not start something over that I, that I choose and that I want to do. And so that's really what happened. We, we kind of got, we, we kind of had this, this up moment in life. And, um, you know, at the time it wasn't an opportunity, but now that I look back on it, it was a great opportunity to, uh, to dive into something totally new and, and exciting and uh, so so sometimes those those big speed bumps in your life um, are just that they're they're speed bumps they're obstacles they're there for a purpose and uh, we choose what to do with them and that's that's been one of the things in life that uh, as I look back I go wow you know it was a it was a devastating event but man it could have been the best there couldn't have been a better thing happened to us at that moment in our lives so we ended up uh, at that point we decided let's Let's see what else is out there, and um, we started – my wife and I started thinking about different ideas. In fact, one of the ideas uh, that we had was let's sell everything we own. Let's move to Mexico. <laughs> let's buy a ranch, and let's go find some, some undocumented orphan kids under a bridge someplace, bring them to our house, raise them up as if they were our own. Love the heck out of them. Get them off to college. Teach them how to be successful and be confident, and 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 you know make a difference in the world, and uh, that'll be our lives for the next 18 years. <laughs> that was our that was kind of our first idea that that started us thinking about maybe even a foreign country, and then that idea kind of my wife was my wife as as an entrepreneur, I'm always throwing ideas out, and uh, most of the time my wife will roll her eyes, you know, because it wasn't that good of an idea. <laughs> And this particular one, she didn't roll her eyes. She actually kind of said, wow, that's that's kind of an interesting idea. Uh, and um, at that point, I thought, what? You, you, you like that? And so it really – like that turned a switch on. I'm like, oh, hey, she's there's something about this idea that she likes. Let me dig into it a little bit. So I started looking at real estate. I started looking at the legal issues of, of even adopting. Is it even possible to adopt a kid in, in Mexico as a foreigner? I don't even know this stuff. And So I started researching it. And then that evolved into why am I just looking at Mexico? Why not Panama or Costa Rica or Argentina or Chile or wherever? Mm-hmm. So I started researching all these different countries in Central and south america and and the idea just kept growing and growing and growing and uh, somewhere along the way, um, some friends of ours had put our name in as a reference or as a not a reference but uh um there was there was a there was an organization that was looking for a project director for this project in Peru, and uh, our names got thrown into the hat. And I got a phone call from the the guy that was, you know, looking trying to find the right director, and uh, started telling us about the uh, the program and the project. And uh, I realized this project was way over my head. It was much more than I could handle. It's in Peru. Um, sounds pretty exciting. Let's give it a shot. So we, <laughs> we put our names into the hat and, uh, they agreed that we were, we were the best of the candidates. I don't know if I was qualified or not, but, uh, but, uh, we, we signed up and, uh, that's how we ended up moving to our Akiba. That was, that was where the project was based out of our Akiba. And so literally from the time we decided to, uh, well, I literally, from the time we, we first found out about the project in Peru to the time we hit the ground, uh, man, it was four months, maybe uh-huh. it was, uh, it was a quick process. Uh, we sold everything we had. And in fact, my wife was, uh, eBay and Craigslist queen. I mean, she, we had, <laughs> we had just lots of people coming in and out of our house and I'm sure our neighbors thought we were probably selling drugs or something, <laughs> but yeah, we sold everything. And, uh, Kept some keepsakes and so forth. Everything that we have left back in the states all fit all fit in a uh, little enclosed trailer. and It's parked at my parents' house. Nice. Uh, we moved to Peru with uh, with my wife uh, and two daughters. They were six and nine at the time, and uh, we came here with uh, two suitcases and a carry on each, wow. and uh, landed and uh, and started our, our crazy adventuresome life in in South America. It's been a crazy ride so far.
0: So that was a a massive change for your daughters, you know, within just four months. So, what what did you tell your daughters to convince them that this was a good idea? Well, it's kind of um, it's kind of like this when when the parents are
1: excited about something, uh-huh. generally, generally, the the children at that age will will be totally on board. Okay. And, and up to the point, I, I, whatever you call it, I, I think faith in my, in my, in my Christian faith, I, I bring this into the equation. But mm-hmm. I generally think that the way that I raised my kids um, up to that point was, was all a preparation to get them ready for what's uh, to come and little did I know we were going to move to Peru when my kids were born I had no idea but um throughout throughout the first you know six to nine years of their lives uh, each day they were getting ready for this crazy adventure and uh I you know when when we decided we were gonna we were gonna go to Peru we talked about it we asked them you know you guys interested you guys want to go on an adventure in in another country and like on the other side of the world we pull out the map and show them and Watch little movie clips about Peru and this and that. They're like, "Oh man, that's awesome! Yeah, let's do that." Of course, they're going to love that idea. And so we got them all crazy excited, and and they were they were excited. I mean, they started learning, you know, trying to learn Spanish, and uh, you know, before we even left, we didn't have a lot of time, but uh, but they were they were a hundred percent on board. And when we hit the ground running, um, it wasn't easy. We dumped them into a, a, a Peruvian school. And, uh, oh man, there was a lot of kicking and screaming. It was mm-hmm. not easy at all, but, uh, now my kids are fluent in Spanish. They're, uh, they, they have, they're basically, you know, two culture kids. They, they, we speak English around the house. Their English is absolutely normal, just like any kid in the U S mm-hmm. and uh, their Spanish is also just like normal. Uh, you, if you talk to one of my kids on the phone, you'd think that's a little Peruvian girl, <laughs> uh, that's been a really cool gift that I've been able to give my kids. Just being able to, to, you know, to pick up roots and and, and move to to far off land, and um, you know, when when we started this adventure, like I said, it wasn't. There's been a lot of really really difficult times, but what happens is if you if you focus on the difficult times, it's going to be miserable. Yeah. And, uh, but if you focus on all the all the wins and all the all the crazy cool stories and the adventures and the the. The things that we've been able to, to do and the people we've been able to help, you focus on that stuff. And, and, man, that just confirms the reason that we're here over and over and over again. Nice.
0: So you jumped into Peru and you're working on this charity project, which was already established. And how long were you on that project for, Scott? We were we, – it was actually – it was a mission project with our church. Okay. And uh, we did all
1: kinds of different things, um, everything from planting churches to – uh, medical clinics to sports tournaments to to big events to uh, all kinds of stuff uh, building project construction projects, um, and that lasted that was a we were we were with we were directing that project for a year and a half. Okay, and uh, we were one of the first part of our group on the ground, and um, and then once once we finished our part, we. We were done. We left. And then uh, they continued a little bit after we had left. Uh, but now they're they're all done and, and have kind of left their left their mark on Peru. And now they've gone to Ecuador. Okay. And so but uh, but that that's really what brought us to South America. And uh, for that, I'm super thankful uh, that, that we were able to, to come down with with some kind of structured organization. That was that was really nice to do it. To, to come down independently like we are right now, mm-hmm. it would have been really really difficult.
0: So, t- do you remember the moment when you were down in Peru and then your entrepreneurial wheels started turning in your mind, and what that ended up becoming?
1: Yeah. So so before before I left the states, um, I, I'm a dirt bike fanatic. Like that's one of my favorite things in the world to do. I can do that twenty four seven and never get tired of it. And uh, when when we decided that we were going to pack up and become missionaries, you know, the, whatever term you want to use, but that's that's what we were we were we were missionaries. Um, there's a stereotype that missionaries aren't supposed to have fun. They're supposed to live <laughs> in a you know a grass a grass you know thatch roof you know mud shack and eat rice and beans mm-hmm. and. There is some truth to that, but not much. Um, one of the things that, that uh, we did was we sold everything. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I remember, you know, going out in my garage going, oh, I don't really want to get rid of my welder. Cause I, you know, I, <laughs> w- what if I need it? You know um, you start, you start thinking about your tools and, and your furniture, and your TV and all this stuff. And you're like, wow, I got, we got all this, this stuff and we got rid of it. I, you know, I can't throw this in a shed and uh, you know come back five ten years later it's gonna be worthless uh, let's just get rid of it so we started getting rid of all of our things well one of those things was my motorcycles Ooh. and that cuts deep you know that's one of my favorite <laughs> things to do and all of a sudden I'm getting rid of my you know my my babies <laughs> 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 and, uh, so yeah you start you start you start realizing wait a second one of my favorite things in the world to do is I'm sacrificing that for something. I don't have a clue what I'm going to be doing. And, but I did, we, we, we bagged it. We, I, I sold all that stuff. Um, the other thing was hunting. I'm an avid hunter, love hunting. Mm -hmm. And, um, I knew that once I go to Peru, I'm not going to be, well, maybe, maybe I'll have the opportunity to go bow hunting in the jungle. Maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, your, your creative side kind of gets that, but I was pretty sure I wasn't going to be riding dirt bikes. It's an expensive sport. You, as a missionary, you don't have a whole bunch of extra money just floating around. Right. And in right. hunting, you know that's that's I'm pretty much giving those two things up, two important things in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, so that 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 hurt. You know that that was kind of the where, where it was digging deep. And uh, we sold all that stuff once we got to Peru. And we started working with our projects, and I'm traveling here and there, and look, and just seeing all these different places in the south portion of Peru, and the Andes, and the desert, and the coast, and all these things. And I'm like, man, this is some great dirt biking. I don't know, I've never seen a dirt bike here. What is going on? And so, as as my mind started going, it was I don't know, it was probably midway through our maybe, maybe in the, about year. Probably one year into into our project our first year i started thinking man this this would be a really good place to set up a tourist business where where we could run tours on, on dirt bikes i don't know if anybody's doing that and i started looking around to see if that that was even available and uh very limited and uh the equipment that that you know that the, the businesses that were doing it was really limited they didn't have very modern equipment and so forth and i thought man I think there's a market here. You know, if I I kind of put myself into the position if, if I went back 2 or 3 years, when I was in the corporate world, would I have come to Peru and ridden dirt bikes? And if I would have, what would it look like? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I started the idea. Okay, so I got a I got a corporate guy who makes enough money he can afford a $5,000 vacation mm-hmm. to yeah. with him and, and his buddies to come down to Peru and ride in the Andes is is that price is that able to support a business and you start doing all you know you kind of start doing all the math you get your excel spreadsheet out and you start messing with the variables and so forth and i'm thinking man i i think i can make this thing happen well as a as a missionary i i, I don't make a salary i i i'm a what you call a faith-based missionary mm-hmm. and we have a group of people that believes in what we do as a family and they are the ones that are supporting us, and still to this day, that's the way it, that's the way it works. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, man, I don't have extra extra income laying around to to, to start a business, but I wonder if I could put together a full blown formal business plan as if I was going to start a for profit business, make this thing look just like a for profit business, but with one. Major twist to it: we give a hundred percent of the profits away, and uh, I, those were kind of my criteria. If I can do this, I got to be able to do it on a platform where we're giving all the profits away. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be doing it as a social entrepreneur, volunteer, and and basically do that as my mission. And I wouldn't be able to do it with the organization that we were with because that that had a different direction to it. So we'd have to part ways, become independent. Set this thing up as a business, and uh, but but as a social business, social enterprise business, and so that was my first idea. And while I was in that process, that is when the door opened for us to uh, to take on the uh, the meeting place cafe, and uh, that had just been opened. The doors had just been opened. The structure was already there. I didn't have to build the restaurant. Uh, basically, what we had to do is is. Begin the marketing process of the of the restaurant. We took over the restaurant. There was three, four, or five customers a day. It was really limited, and uh, but I saw some potential in the cafe, and I uh, wanted to make that work. Well, that cafe was was uh, basically just dumped into my lap, and uh, we took that on, and that kind of set Moto Mission on the back burner for a while. And my idea was let me use the cafe as a stepping stone into and maybe that's where I could find the capital or some of the capital to start the, uh, the moto mission business. And so we did, we took over the cafe. We ran that thing for almost six years. And, um, uh, and, uh, during that process, this whole moto mission idea just kind of blossomed into what it is today. We started out by, uh you know, going out and, you know, finding enough capital to, to buy our first two motorcycles. Uh, we got a bunch of gear donated and, um, up to this point we're you know we've got a full fleet of uh, top of the line state of the art dirt bikes all the equipment that you could imagine and uh, we've got a full blown business now and it's uh it's pretty sweet
0: nice so we'll hop into the meeting place days so you went from were you in Arequipa and then you moved down to Cusco to take over the meeting place
1: yeah so it, north we yeah cuz Arequipa is down in this really far southern part part of Peru okay and then we uh, north up into, uh, to the Cusco region, which is near Machu Picchu, which is a lot of people know where that know about Machu Picchu, one of the seven wonders of the world. Mm-hmm.
0: And then you took over meeting place, which, uh, if I remember correctly, it was kind of a, uh, a failing business right at the time. And well, yeah,
1: it just, it wasn't what the guy, the guy that, that started it, he, I think the doors had only been open a few months Mm-hmm. and um it just wasn't what he thought it was going to be it wasn't his cup of tea he thought it would be a lot more enjoyable yeah uh, he thought it would be a little easier i don't know i don't know what happened but he was ready to walk away and leave the key in the door
0: <laughs> cool and and then so you took it over and you created a, the meeting place where you guys gave um all the money to charities uh with the idea of like okay let's use this as a starting point to then build other businesses that also Uh, work with charities is that correct 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 and um so at that time you were working in the meeting place you found a charity or a town actually to start working with can you talk a little bit about that
1: well as because of the nature of what we were doing um you know when you get into the the charity world there's there's everybody finds out that you're supporting different charities and therefore every Charity comes in and wants to, wants a, wants a little piece of the, of the profit. And, <laughs> yeah. and I, I totally get that. I understand that. But, um, when the, when the cafe got to a point where we, where we were profitable, uh, it was at, it was kind of a, one of those, I don't know, you can call it divine, you can call it whatever. But once, when we got to that point, that particular month where we had cash left over at the end, it was at that moment that, uh, these two ladies approached me from um, the Altivas Canis Children's Project. Now they call it Tikari. Um, I had met these ladies uh, months before, and, and I had met them through our previous mission. And they were part of the church that we were working with. And um, I, I had no way to help them at that point mm-hmm. or at, at when I first met them. But I kind of kept them in my in the back of my mind, thinking one of these days when the meeting place gets going, that might be one of our good pro- that might be a good project that we can support. Well, it was at that at that time, when we got profitable at the meeting place, I started seeking those two ladies out. I didn't know where to get a hold of them, so I started. I thought, okay, we've got some friends that go to that church. I'm going to contact them, and then I'm going to try to go through them to find the two ladies that were running the project. Well. As I contacted Tyler and Amy about finding these ladies, those two ladies had been trying to get through Tyler and Amy to contact us because they had just lost all their funding uh, from their nonprofit organization that was funding them out of Spain. And the economic crisis in Spain kind of took them out. and All of a sudden, they lost their funding. So they had lost their funding. We had come to a point where we felt like we could commit to a monthly amount every month. And – all at the same time and we had one common connection that was tyler and amy uh some missionary friends and as i'm calling tyler i'm like tyler i'm trying to find these ladies they're like that's weird because they just asked me for your phone number and all of a sudden we make this connection and um end of story i we we literally i connected with those ladies and i committed a certain amount that particular month and going forward and um that was a starting point, uh, with our, with our connection with the Altivas Canis project. And, uh, up to this, up to this point, they, we've never missed a, we've every month we have supported them with, with, a with a, it's actually a growing amount continues to grow. And, uh, and that's basically funds that help, uh, with the project helps feeds, it feeds the kids. It provides, uh, gas and electricity and, and supplies the school supplies for the kids, and just uh, and and st- uh, some some money for the staff, and uh, just just provides the resources that they need to uh, to continue the project. So we I, believe strongly so. in the project. It's, it's a great project. They they're very efficient with what they have, and uh, it's been it's just been really I just really confident in what they're doing. So that's why we support them.
0: So Altiviscanus is literally just village on the side of the mountain, not too far outside of Cusco, correct?
1: Yeah, well it's actually it's it's kinda not it it, it has grown the, the, the city has actually grown around uh this area. It used to be on the outskirts, it's not on the outskirts anymore. Uh, Cusco's growing immensely, just crazy fast. Uh-huh. And uh Altivas Canis is now a, a vecindario or a, like a neighborhood that okay. has there's now houses on all sides of Altivas Canis. Uh, going up the hill behind them for for uh, there's five or six communities beyond Altiva's Canis now and so it's it's just got sucked up in the in the urban
0: sprawl so their needs were funding for the school because the children at the school didn't have too much or um, didn't have supplies and, and things like that is that correct
1: yeah well let me I'll just
0: explain the project so
1: it's a uh, it's an after school program for children of single moms and uh, basically what happens is these single moms, it's, it's, in, this, it's, it's in a fairly poor – it's a very poor area of Cusco. And what happens is the, the culture here, um, there, there's a lot of single single moms and two, three, four kids, some of them. What happens is if you're a single mom e, e, and you've got small kids at home, you've got to take care of the kids. That does not allow you to go out and work and make enough money mm. to support your kids. And so it's a common problem in any country. I, I don't care what country you're, you're, you're from. If you're a single mom, if there's only one parent, you're taking care of kids, you can't work. And so there's a th- – that dilemma is huge here. Mm-hmm. And uh, what, what the project does, it allows the kids to go to school. And then when they're done with school, they can come to the project and at, while at the project, they, they, can, they can eat a good meal, probably the only healthy meal that they'll get all day. Um, they'll get all their homework done, and they'll burn up some energy uh, in a good, healthy, wholesome environment. And so when, when they're done at 5, 5.36, those kids can go home and connect with their moms who are now able to get their kids off to school in the morning and now they can go work all day, and then when they come home, all the homework's already been done. So the moms, the single moms who've been working all day, don't have to spend two hours every night doing their homework. Mm-hmm. The kids have already had a good meal, um, and they've already burned out some of the energy. The moms can just come home and hang out with their kids and and just just be with their kids without a lot of the extra pressures that a single mom has to deal with. So that that's that it's a super simple project. It's not a lot of it's just it's not complicated at all but it's such a huge blessing for those moms and uh, and and it it it's all based on what they could pay it's not it's not based on the the, the project isn't receiving a huge mm-hmm. amount of revenue it's literally pennies per week mm-hmm. kind well. of thing but the the moms feel like uh you know if they could pay something it uh, it it gives them a little bit of satisfaction that they're not just you know getting a free service and so it's, it's just a really good all around project. The, the mom sometimes when they have days off, they can come in and, and help uh, as well, but there's a handful of volunteers and then there's some paid staff uh, as well uh, that are taking care of the kids and making sure that the kids' homework gets done and and, uh, and done right. Um, just a great environment for the kids as well. You know, they, they, they you know, they, they teach good principles and, and uh you know they help build the character of these young kids and you know teach these kids that they can do anything. there's no limits in life you know it doesn't matter if you're poor or if you're if you're wealthy if you if your mom and dad are separated, it doesn't really matter you you are who you are and and they just build these kids up in a in a really cool way. It's just awesome awesome to be part of
0: so you're running the meeting place and you start working with this this. Barrio, I guess, or Altivas Canas. And you're growing the mini Place and you worked there for six years and also started growing Moto Mission. Into what it is today so can we dive into a bit uh, about moto mission some of the trips you guys do and and the uh, structure
1: for sure yeah so so as I mentioned earlier one of my favorite things to do is ride dirt bikes and uh, I love to explore I love to find new things I like to do things that that haven't been done before and uh, so as we built this uh, this idea of moto mission we're really pioneers and in in the Andes, there's nobody doing what I'm doing um, in the Andes. We've got this whole this this, uh, this one of the it's the longest you know mountain range in the world, and uh, there's nobody else in Cusco that's doing dirt bike tours like like I'm doing dirt bike tours. So my goal is to reach out to a a certain type of customer, um, a high end rider, somebody that that has a lot of experience, somebody that. Um, that is, is probably is going to be in, in really good shape, has been writing for a lot of years, and likes the same kind of writing and adventure as I do. And basically what I've created is this business that caters to what I love to do, which is kind of backwards, but that's the way it works. And so uh, it's beautiful. So what happens is I find people that want what I love to do, that are willing to pay for it. And I bring them all together, and I do all the logistics. All they got to do is jump on a plane and uh, show up in Cusco. I pick them up at the airport. I've got all the gear. Normally, they bring their own gear, but I have all that stuff just in case. And uh, I put them on a motorcycle, and I take them places that there that 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 there's never been another motorcycle. A lot of the a lot of the trails, and a lot of the places that I go, are places that there has never been another motorcycle. Pass over those those paths. Wow! And there's something thrilling. There's something uh, exotic about that. Um, it's 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 due to the fact that nobody rides dirt bikes here. Like I ride dirt bikes. Um, there's lots of lots of dirt bikes, but they're riding around on dirt roads and so forth. And my goal is to get these guys on the edge of of their comfort zone. I want to push them so hard, push them right up to the edge, but not quite go over the edge. And uh, that's what they want. That's what they're that's what they're paying to do. That's what they're paying me to, to to do for them. And so these guys get all I get them all pumped up, get them all ready to go. They, they they land in Cusco. I kind of give them a little briefing, and we jump on the bikes and we go. It's 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 very exotic. It's very private. So general, a lot of times I'll just have me and one other customer, and we'll jump on the bikes with our backpacks and we'll go back into the backcountry where. There's no way they could just, you know, come down to Peru, rent a bike, and go find these places. It's just impossible. I've been, I've been, you know, exploring and 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 finding new trails. And, and every time I find a new trail, I'll uh, I'll mark it down. I kind of mark it off on my little list. Okay, I'm going to come back one one of these days and see where that one goes. And so a lot of times I'll I'll have a customer, you know, I'll have two or three days planned with a customer, and then I'll have an extra free day. And I'll ask my customer. I said. Do you want to you want to try a new trail that's never been ridden before? And of course, a hundred percent, they're going to say, "Well, yeah, that you bet, I'd love to." You can't do that any any other place on the planet. Like it, like in Peru, it works because you know there's there's no pressure on these trails. If you had these trails anywhere in the U.S. or or Europe, you'd have thousands of dirt bikers every weekend tearing them up. Mm-hmm. But uh, because of the nature of what we do. Um, there's no rules against what we're doing. Uh, obviously, we have to respect it. And we don't we don't thrash it. We stay on you know existing you know animal trails. Um, we don't leave any marks, uh, which is nice. Um, but that's that's what that's what these guys want. They want these crazy crazy adventures. And uh, when they go home, they tell their they tell their you know they, they they show their buddies the video. Nobody's ever ridden this trail ever. Even the guide <laughs> didn't even know where we were going. You know, and so. It's just it, we've created this this perfect package for somebody just like me, and um, I, I know it's exciting because every time every time I get a customer, I just like go chachik, I love this, I get to go riding again, you know, and it's it's like a thrill for me, and um, it's a thrill for the guys that are coming down. It's just like it's mutually everybody wins in this in this in this scenario, and the crazy thing is they're happy to pay the price you know that we have which it's not even really a price it's a donation mm-hmm. and uh, when it's all said and done they they just can't believe that i'm not even taking a salary out of this thing oh yeah you know I, i'm covering the gas and the hotel and the food and all that stuff but whatever's left 100 of it's going right back to the children's projects and uh, that's that's that structure that i was saying we're faith-based meaning we have a group of people that believe in what we're doing and they're putting a roof over our head. They're putting gas in our cars. They're buying our food. All of that stuff is covered.
0: So I don't need to take a penny out of the business. It's incredible. And do you take the guys up to the, the Altiva Canas to see some of the work they do up there while they're on their so, the bikes? So sometimes I do. Now, if you can imagine, this,
1: this is just a business. Mm-hmm. And so it, to them, they don't understand or sometimes they don't care about the charity aspect of it. They want an exotic motorcycle ride and I can give it to them. Yeah. What they, what they do find out a hundred percent of them do find out, uh, you know, when, when we're, you know, sitting in a little, you know, podunk hostel in the middle of nowhere at eight o'clock cause it's dark and there's no place to go out and, you know, have a beer or a, a, a drink or, or dinner or whatever. We're, we're sitting in our room at eight o'clock at night and it, you get a lot of one-on-one time to explain mm. what's going on with, with moto mission. And, uh, they all, they all get the story. Everybody gets the story and they're just blown away. Like, you're kidding me. I just paid you, you know, $4,000 to come do this, this crazy thing. And you're giving all that money away to charity. Like it makes them feel like they're a hero
0: mm-hmm.
1: by doing something totally selfish and all about them. And, and that's great. I, 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 I feel so blessed to be able to put this package together where whether you're trying to help the kids or not, you're helping the kids. <laughs> so <laughs> you you want to go on a dirt bike ride. If you don't want to help the kids, it's too bad you're gonna help the kids. Mm-hmm. And it and and you're also gonna have the time of your life. You can't do anything about it. And so I we we've got this this crazy system or or program set up that, that just blows my mind that, that that this is kind of just you know, blossomed into this. But, uh, I'll tell you what, every, every time somebody calls me up and says, man, Scott, I'd, I'd love to go on one of your tours. I just get, I just get so thrilled, not just because of the fact that, uh, that the kids are going to get something out of it, but I get, I get to go out and play around with these guys and they're paying tons of money to do it. And it's uh, a, yeah. it's everybody wins. There's, they, they, nobody complains about the price because they know that uh, they're getting a they're getting a good motorcycle ride for that price, and then when they find out that it's going to charity, it's it's icing on the cake. There's there it just seals the deal. They just love that concept. A lot of them don't understand it. I can't explain it, you know, in five minutes over the phone because mm-hmm. it's it's an unbelievable uh, concept. It, it not very many people around the world are are running this kind of um, I don't know this kind of enterprise. That's what but, I think uh, is,
0: is so inspirational about it is because <clears throat> a lot of entrepreneurs and mentality is, hey, let's let's build a business, make it a seven figure business, sell outs or create an incredible amount of income and then start doing some charity work. But you kind of had the opposite uh, mentality of like, OK, let's just start um, a nonprofit charity and do the work that most people say they want to do when they retire. Right. And you're like, no, let's do it now and create businesses that, that fund that, which, which is really impressive. So I want to ask you, what is it about this that really inspires you and motivates you?
1: Oh man, there's a couple of things. One, as I mentioned, my passion for dirt bikes, I, I cannot spend enough time (laughs) on a, on a dirt bike. I just love it. Um, you know, any anytime I have an opportunity to go out and ride, I, I ride, um, you know, in this, in this, in this business uh, or in, in the idea with the idea of riding dirt bikes, you're always crashing, you're always busting yourself up. And so there's like, right now I've got an ice pack on my leg. You can't see it, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I've been icing myself since we started this, uh, this, this, this <laughs> podcast. But uh, but yeah, so there's downtime where where I can't ride physically. I just can't ride, and I'm 45 years old. I'm getting older. Um, skill wise, I'm probably as, as highly skilled as I've ever been. But physically wise, I'm I'm a little beat up. But uh, but uh, but yeah, just the idea of being able to to do what I love to do a lot and not really have any limits on that except for my own personal, you know, physical limits or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the things that drives me. I love riding dirt bikes. I love exploring. I love I love finding new places. When when I run up, up across a, a a little rabbit trail that goes up the side of a mountain, mm-hmm. I know that there's never been a dirt bike on that on that trail, but I have no idea where it goes. I'm going to go see where it goes. <laughs> and that that provides I can't even tell you what kind of, I get, that's my drug. You know, that's that thing that just, that's, that's what shoots out the endorphins or whatever it is. You know, I just, I can't wait to see what's up on top of that bridge Mm -hmm. and I'll put myself in just stupid, stupid situations just to see where that thing goes. Mm -hmm. And that's life for me. That's, that's life. I love that. So that's one of the things that pushes me. The other thing is the, the, the whole mission aspect of this, and I, I, I don't know which is which is heavier, which is more important, but, uh, but the whole mission aspect of it, uh, and and the fact that I get to use my, I guess my 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 God given abilities, mm-hmm. to to do good for somebody else, uh, that thrills me to no end. Uh, just, you know, I, yeah, I could I could go into corporate life and 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 you know you know, do the, do the nine to five kind of thing. And, and yeah, maybe, maybe the company is given, you know, given to a a charitable foundation, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But that's not, that's not a personal connection to to serving others in this particular instance. There is, there's, for example, we went up, um, we went up and did a Christmas party for the Altivas Canis kids and just watching the, you know, the moms, we, we gave away, um, for Christmas instead of just giving, you know, cheap toys to the kids, we gave the moms a basket full of like sugar and rice and flour and uh, milk and, you know, just good, you know, food items, which they can't afford to have. And, uh, just being able to, 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 to provide that because of what I love to do. It like all of that together just provides this, this thrill for me. Um, that I can help others by doing what I selfishly love the most, and you, you put all that together, and it it's a match made in heaven. I just I love it. There's there I, I can't. Sometimes I gotta pinch myself. How in the world is, is this happening? Like I got I I'm flying up this mountain. I got this guy behind me who just paid me three three grand to to take him on an adventure, and. Why do I, why am I the guy that gets to do this? Like such a cool gig.
0: (laughs) Do you ever, do you ever answer that question for yourself?
1: I, you know what? I, I think it just, first of all, I think there's, that I've been given some, some of my God-given gifts and, and talents have led me to this place. Um, I, I love adventure for some reason I was brought up I I I was brought up on a little ranch in Northern California. You know, I we had we had lots of space. I'd grab my BB gun and my rubber boots and I'd take off and just go prancing around and find you know, walk up and down the creek and over the mountains. I just i was I was a little adventuresome kid uh, growing up and uh, some some reason, you know, I, I was brought up in that in that in that arena that environment. And even to this day, I'm still that little kid in my rubber boots and my BB gun, going and seeing where this trail's gonna go.
0: <laughs> and
1: I, I really had nothing to do with that. You know, that that's the you know, that's the life that I was brought up in and you know, and I that, that was a blessing, you know, that was a that was a blessing to be able to grow up that way. Um, not that any other way is a bad way to grow up, but that was the way I was brought up and those are the tools or the cards that I was dealt in life. And uh, I I just feel like uh, yeah I have got this hand and I got I got to play it and uh, you know part of my play is you know what I got this I got this entrepreneurial spirit which I just love to I love to create you know business and, and enterprise it's just fun I don't I don't know why I like it um, it's just a thrill and so I've been able to to just put all my my situation you know. Uh, you know, I didn't come down to Peru to to start small businesses, uh, but I'm in Peru. I've got this amazing terrain. I've got this passion for dirt bikes. I've got this passion to help others. Let's see if we can put it all together. I know it's a crapshoot. It's a it's a long shot, but let's see if we can make it work and uh, put a business plan together. Started sharing the story with with other people. Next thing you know, I've got I've got a group of four guys that all pitched in to buy my first motorcycle. Mm-hmm. and uh i remember i remember just almost in tears like are you kidding me these guys are gonna all give me enough money <laughs> to buy my first motorcycle i am such a lucky blessed how in the world do i get to do this and that that passion and that desire to make this thing work has just kind of you know gone it's just gone and gone and gone and i still have it today um and so, you know, once I got that second motorcycle, I was open for business. You know, I started, I started telling everybody, yeah, we're doing tours now. We're doing tours now. You know, I'm doing one tour every six months, right? You know, and, uh, all of a sudden I start getting, start getting more excitement about it. People start asking, yeah, you do, you're doing tours. Yeah, let's, let's go I, in two hours. Let's go. And so I, I just, you know, I just pick up and go and, and, and we, it just started developing into this, this little monster. And, uh. Now we're, you know, I'm not, I'm not totally uh, to my capacity yet, but, uh, but I'm getting close. And, uh, uh, you know, I, could, could I make the business a lot bigger? Absolutely, I could totally make it bigger. But uh, first and foremost, it's got to be fun. I, the, the, money thing is, is, is great, and I, 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 get the, the idea behind a business is to, to make money, and, uh, but my goal is I got to have a good balance between money. Time, you know, I've got a family uh, that's very important to me. Uh, You know, if I'm if I'm out on tours all the time, I'm going to miss my family and I'm going to start not enjoying the business. And um, so, yeah, I got to keep all that balance all lined up Um, as long as it's crazy fun and we're making money and uh, I I get plenty of time with my family. It's that's that's a good balance. And that's that's really kind of what I strive for.
0: What's the next five to ten years look like for you and Moto Mission and, and the charities you work with?
1: Yeah, so so right now um, we're working on a major, uh, a, a big project. It's actually inside of Moto Mission, but it's uh, but it's kind of a separate deal. Uh, it's it's an enterprise. It's it's basically a project. We're going to do a film project. Um, at least at this point, we're 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 knee deep in all the planning and, and trying to put this thing together. Um, Again, it's, it's an impossible task, but hopefully we can, uh, we get to the finish line with it. But our goal is to build a, a professional uh, film documentary uh, that we're going to shoot in July of this year. And uh, our goal with that is to make enough uh, money off of the, off the project that we can fund the Altivas, well, basically, fund an endowment type investment that will provide cash flow for the Altivas Canis project indefinitely. So, um, basically, we have a certain amount of need every month, and that need right now is being met by the cafe and then with Moto Mission as well. So, those two entities are are supporting it on a monthly basis. What I the goal with 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 Moto Mission is to develop a big enough endowment that the interest every month is enough to cover the the monthly need of the project mm-hmm. and so with this film project we want to make enough money to fund the endowment and then that endowment will it'll just be a machine it'll be kicking out a certain amount of money every month that will that will go to the project and and uh, once that endowment is filled up at that point um we we're, we're We'll kind of be at this at a, at a I guess a decision point. What are we gonna are we gonna continue to run Moto Mission? Are we gonna try something else? Are we going to you know are we gonna do another film project? We don't know. I'm looking out probably a year and a half of time before we get to that that funded point. And um, at that point we'll we'll make a decision. Uh, my oldest daughter is gonna be going back probably going to college back in the states. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we can kind of see our, our time, you know, our, our, family's changing and, uh, my youngest daughter will be going off to college in a few years as well. And so, you know, I, I don't know, my wife and I, we, 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 may, uh, we might be done with our, with our time here. Um, uh, we just don't know. We, we've kind of committed to another couple of, maybe a year and a half, two years here. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. We'll have a, a good breaking point, but we want to we want to get that project funded before we uh, before we leave before we finish up, and so that's that's our goal. Um, at that point, we'll make a decision. Maybe we want to stick around for another five years and and run motorcycle tours. Uh, who knows? I could you know, I could have a bad injury, and all this be over tomorrow. And uh, but I sure is not gonna 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 go until until I can't do it anymore.
0: <laughs> Beautiful man. Incredible. Okay, we're going to have to wrap the podcast up, Scott, but listeners, if you are inspired by this or want to connect with Scott, I, I recommend you definitely do. We really, Scott and I had many, many, many hours of telling stories back and forth and, and we didn't really, we scratched the surface a bit of Scott's life, but he's got a lot more stuff going on and in, in a lot of really inspiring things that he's done that, that we didn't get time to talk about. Scott, if there's listeners out there that want to connect with you or reach out, um, how can they find you?
1: Yeah, a couple of ways. Um, Moto Mission Peru is the name of our of, of our business. Um, you can reach me at Scott at com. Uh, that's the best way to, to, to reach me via email, Facebook, uh, Motomission Peru. Um, those are the two best ways to, uh, to connect with us.
0: Very cool. And thank you very much for coming on the show, Scott. Thanks for, uh, doing the work that you're doing. It's absolutely inspiring and impressive and one of these days, I've got to make it down back down to Peru and do some more dirt biking with you. And all the, the best of luck to you and, and many blessings to you and, and your mission, buddy. And we'll Go sign ahead. off there for today. Good, uh, we'll see you later, Scott. And goodbye, listeners. Uh, thanks, Chris. The Entrepreneur House is a business accelerator for established entrepreneurs. Imagine spending an extended period of time with other successful entrepreneurs working together and growing your business. Day-to-day, you interact with other driven and smart business people. Spending an extended period of time around them alters your business and your mentality around business. Goals are set, business grows, new partnerships develop, greater profit margins are achieved, the productivity skyrockets for those that are in the entrepreneur house, and you get to have an incredible adventure while doing it. This year, we have three different events, a three-day productivity weekend in different cities all around the world, a two-week all-inclusive retreat for entrepreneurs with six-figure businesses. This will be full of workshops, masterminds, and adventure. Then a four-week event in Chiang Mai, Thailand for established entrepreneurs, also full of workshops, masterminds, advisors, and fun weekend social events. Be sure to check out the details at theentrepreneurhouse.com as soon as possible. These events will fill up fast. For those of you that are interested in have some questions, be sure to contact us through theentrepreneurhouse.com forward slash contact. We will respond as soon as possible. For now, saludos from somewhere in the world.